no. This is a new spot. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I'm Macy. Welcome to episode number... 94? No, no, no. 93. 93. <laughs> no, 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 no. Episode 93. You've clicked on it, so you know what it's called, but it is gender three. Mm-hmm. In parentheses, potentially. Episode 93. 93. Gender three. Gender three. Gender three. Gender three. In parentheses, Corey Palmer. Corey Palmer. So, <laughs> question mark. Question mark. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> so question. as you guys may have picked up on, this is an episode where we will be doing an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our third installment of the gender the gender series. The gender series. Yeah. On No Small Thing. This is a topic we wanted to do for a long time, but I think I'm the one who held it on wrap. So I was like, I'm not ready to talk about oh, it yet because right. it once, just felt so big. Once we started, now we're. Yeah. Something's going on outside. <laughs> Someone is blending something in the kitchen. Oh, that's the oh, kitchen. Yeah. I was like, something's going on outside. <laughs> I don't think we can <laughs> okay. hear it on the mic. Okay. Um, <laughs> but now, once we opened it up, I mean, honestly, I just like, it took me coming out for that yeah, episode right, to happen. Right. But once that happened, then I think it became clear that it was something that we felt was really important to talk about and is no small thing. So we've been doing the gender series and Mm. we'll continue to do that where we're hoping to highlight different stories of probably mostly gender nonconforming people, but then also just be really curious about gender and question gender and our views and opinions around it. So... If we're helping Welcome. people live a less certain and more curious life, this is a topic that I think is important to be curious about. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. So if you're listening, welcome to this episode. We're in the house, just so people know it's COVID-19 season. Oh, gosh. We are in we are. social <laughs> distancing. We're not at the table anymore, just just to let people know. We're now sitting around a coffee oh, table. Oh, you know, let's, let's just say, uh, uh, how do we do this? Um, let's... We're going to do it uh, like a formal intro to Corey in a second, but why yeah. don't we just have Corey? Corey is here, everybody. We're going to do an intro in a second, but why don't we just on away. the mic? Why, on the mic, but why don't, why don't we just all three of us do a little a debrief about um, Corona so, like update? Ooh, How are we doing? It. Sounds good. And then we'll do an official intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. World. Yes. It ramps up every week. I mean, if we went back and heard our update last week, I bet it's, we sound like little babies. Yeah. Corona babies last week. Like it was nothing. Like yeah. it was the flu. And I don't know. Like I like, didn't... oh, it's, it's bad. It's getting bad. We're social distancing. I think I was stressed out by last Thursday because it yeah. was, schools got closed by then. Huh. So that to me marks like, whoa. Had schools Corona. gotten closed by then? Had they got school? closed on Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I came home and we recorded the podcast and I was like, I don't know what the future holds now. And now it's a week in. To the but I think the, being inside. the stock so it's market different. has gotten worse. Like the expectations on social distancing has got have gotten crazier. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we're in the epicenter. Yes, as they are. say. It's weirdly Seattle. Yeah. We're Corey's a nurse. I am. Yes. Yeah. The ER is uh, not a place you want to come unless you're sick. Don't come unless you're sick. Okay. (laughs) That's a good message to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I've been DMing my doctors trying to... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We're in the 22nd century. I don't know what century this is. You can can call your your doctors. You can email your doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a... Send them a text. Slide I in their DMs. Them. You don't yeah. have to go in. Yeah, DM your doctor. Well, yeah. it's like a chat thing that I can do with like different. It's through Kaiser. Yeah. It's like honestly the most effective way for me. Totally. Instead of calling, it's like I can just chat with someone. And then they tell me who to go to, and it's they know all the people. 
All right. And All I don't right. have to pick up a phone, so my like scared phone call mm. person doesn't have yes. to do that. <laughs> my scared phone call. I person. hate making phone calls to professionals. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll loop back. To, maybe we'll loop back to Corona. Now I'm feeling like I want to introduce Corey. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we Corey does identify as transgender. I do. Um, so I'll say a little bit about Corey, and then and then we'll talk a little bit about how we. Memories, I guess, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, <laughs> Corey was in my youth group for seven years, I guess. Was. Um, and now it's 27, so we have not been in that context for like ten nine or ten years. Yeah. That's wild. How old, old people wild. are old. Old yeah. people are old, Scott's man. Old. I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. Um, so part of the story with Corey is I was interviewing for this job at about the age of 23. It was the first real full-time job I think I got. I mean, before that, I was an intern somewhere. With young wife, and uh, I was coming in to interview, and Corey's mom was part of the hiring committee, mm-hmm. and I think you were in the sixth or seventh grade at the time. Uh, yeah, I was eleven or twelve. Yeah, yeah. So you were the first kid I met at this new job, and I hadn't even gotten a job yet. But mm-hmm. like, that also made me a little nervous meeting you out there because I was like, uh oh, I better have good energy with this kid. It was my yeah. mom was like, "This is going to be one of your children." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How and what do? if what if what if I left that day and you were like I don't like that guy he's creepy you <laughs> I could have probably would have killed the whole thing. <laughs> I do remember thinking, oh, this dude is nervous. Yeah, yeah I was really nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was taking it so seriously. So yeah, I was, was, and I wore a tie. And <laughs> I mean, honestly, like before that, I had gone out with lots of people that I respected and had done practice interviews. Mm. I was taking it so seriously. That is really sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's sweet that he took us so seriously. We were just like a little dinky youth group on Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we had seven years of time together. Gosh. And that's middle school. So, so many memories just that with retreats and trips and overnighters. and Yeah. And then high school. Yeah, I mean, all the things, mission trips. But I think I'll just say about you, Corey, and Corey to the people. Um, I think I think some of the things that were always characteristic of you were your playfulness um, and your kindness. But I think especially as you got older, one of the words I would have used to describe you is earnest. Hmm. Like you were very earnest in seeking after uh, faith uh, and and friendships and trying to be like a team player and a helper. And we were just talking about this beforehand. You were saying you're an Enneagram too. So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> um, Check. But Check. yeah, I mean, especially as you got really, o- really old, <laughs> uh, you were the person that really naturally stepped up. Not, I, I don't like the word leader necessarily, but you were the first person that like when we were struggling as a group, you would, you would step in as one of the students and say, Hey, we, we need to step up here. And um, mm. you were respected by all the kids, essentially. A lot of respect. Yeah. And I always appreciated that. Or it was you were also one of those people where it's like, would anybody be willing to pray? And be like, I will. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> please. You want to hear more of my voice? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Let me talk more. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we won't spend too much time on this, but like, I guess just to have find a way into the conversation. I mean, what, what were those, what were the years in youth group like for you? I mean, it's impossible to sum up seven years. Yeah. But seven, seven years and seven of the most, I feel like formative years of a, of a human's life. Yeah, totally. Like 11 through 17. Yeah. (laughs) Goodness gracious. You are, I can't believe you put up with all of us (laughs) through that. It's a joy. Um, (laughs) Still doing it. Still doing it. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's interesting. I would like to hear more later about your thoughts on the word leader. Um, Because while you were just saying that, my initial reaction to those years was that um, you, especially, and youth group, but you especially could see, I feel like could see that I was yearning for that space to step up and Mm -hmm. to be, to take my, um, my, like, my, yeah, my real earnest like want to be a leader in a group and you gave me that space and um yeah instead of pushing it away and calling me loud and dramatic or (laughs) too talkative or all the other things that young people hear um when they're 11 and 12 and and grown-ups don't want to take them seriously and they have a lot to say yeah and we had so much to say (laughs) I had so much to say yeah, and I mean, another word I would say that I loved is probably pretty sassy, too. I mean, oh, for sure. About that word. <laughs> yeah, I love that, though. Before <laughs> yeah. this interview, we watched videos yeah. from there was some youth group times. Some, and there was attitudes. for sure a video where Corey was just clearly the star. Yeah, ham- ham- and, <laughs> and I knew it. Yeah. Oh, and it hurts to watch now, and it's so good. It's <laughs> so good me. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was something that I I wanted I wanted to to be someone that inspired my peers and and like lifted up the people around me and I didn't I wasn't getting that at school, I wasn't mm. getting that at home. Um youth group came into my life. My parents are going through not a probably not on a big scale messy divorce, but on, like a pretty pretty serious well, divorce. divorce. Is pretty messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, divorce in itself is um <laughs> And so I think it was it was cu- coupled with this time of also feeling like really unseen, mm. um, and so I was getting, I was getting a space where people were seeing me, and I was also getting to do this thing that I felt like I, that was like coming out of me, mm-hmm. um, that just wanted to happen. Sweet, so sweet, fr- like <laughs> yeah. moment here. I know. <laughs> I know. There's so much. Yeah, we we've been cross country, we've been cross yeah. the world together. Yeah, isn't that crazy? How yeah, wild. Yeah, there's so much. It's, I mean, it just makes me think how much I've already experienced in my life. I mean, that, that's the thing, though. It's like a 27 year old, a 25 year old. You are, you feel that wherever you are. You feel like as a 25 year old, I've experienced so much life. Oh, I know. And then it just gets totally. crazier as you get older. And then I like, also so just think about how much more life I have left mm-hmm. ahead to go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Too much life. <laughs> Too much it's life. It's <laughs> no, I don't know what I, I, I don't, this is a quick side detour note, but like, <laughs> did you guys watch The Good Place? Yes, but I haven't seen the most like recent few episodes. Oh, don't tell me. Do oh, not tell me. I can't say anything then. <laughs> Here, I I don't mind spoilers. Macy really minds spoilers. I really. do. Mm-hmm. There's something interesting that happens that pertains to this conversation, but I won't share it now. So. Stop it! This is a gender Wait. episode. I feel yeah. like we should. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can't I mean, go yeah, no, I'm getting really excited holes. about just reminiscing, but um, yeah, yeah. So we're, to hear tonight, we're here to hear tonight. We are here to hear. Corey's story. Me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I think I think we just want to give you, like, we're, you, you picked the starting point in terms of your, like, gender journey. Like, I know. Yeah. I think I started at, like, child. When I was born. When I was, like, four or five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you can start whenever, obviously. Yeah. I think it did start the earliest it could. Um, I am a fraternal twin. I... Um, have I was the first of two. Okay. I had four glorious minutes in the world as an only <laughs> child. Mm. And then this other kid came this along. Punk. 
and decided <laughs> we were going to do this together. Oh, my goodness. But I say that and... Um, I say that to come back to multiples and, and thinking about Hen, who is also a twin. Yeah. Um, Interesting. That I have this very strong belief that um, twins have learned um, to live in community and to love in community in a way that no one else in this world has mm. because we it's the only thing we've known. From yeah. the moment we existed, it's been with another human being. Wow. Um, yeah, and so yeah, we, I mean, imagine like all your first like major formative years as a baby. Yeah, everything even in with, the womb. Wow. Yeah, there was another heartbeat huh. right next to you the entire time. Oh, yeah. And wow. my mom, uh, one of my mom's favorite stories to tell is after we were born, um, my brother in the in the incubator we were preemies, and he, um, they would put him in the incubator by himself, and he would he would move his body into this funny position. And they were like, oh, we wonder if there's something wrong with him. And so mm. they move him back and then he'd move it again. Um, and finally, when we were both healthy enough, they put us in the incubator together and they watched him make that position. And it was how his body was formed around mine in the womb. Jeez. So, yeah, from the moment. That's really sweet. We have been that is in community. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> and since... Um, since, yeah, the earliest I know, I've been reflecting myself off of this other human being yeah, who yeah. happens to be assigned male at birth. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really fascinating that just even on this podcast, the two interviews. I know. It just happens to be twins. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, Isn't that? Let's we'll see what happens with the next interview. <laughs> who knows? Maybe it'll just coincidentally all be twins. It might be. I <laughs> think there's. I wanted to be <laughs> a twin <laughs> so badly all the time growing up. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> For many years, I hear that and think, no, you don't. You have no idea. I know. And it took me, it took me a while to learn to appreciate how, yeah, how special, how much I got a leg up early on hmm. on loving other people through everything. Hmm. Um, it's interesting, too, because you were saying the other day that you had a special connection with Les, and Les is also a twin. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Right? Interesting. There's something about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you have Ruben. Yeah, so I have Ruben. Ruben is your brother? Yep. Cool. Ruben, shout out to the twin. (laughs) (laughs) He may never listen to this. We'll see. Come on, Ruben. (laughs) Scott knows Ruben. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, we grew up um, side by side, doing everything together. um, And what that looked like when we were old enough um, for, for it, we were put onto the same... Sports teams. Okay, cool. And those just happened to be boys' sports teams. Hmm. Just because that's, that's, we moved to Queen Anne when I was five, and Queen Anne, um, Queen Anne Rec was, there was a boys' team basketball. We played T ball, we played soccer, and it was the same group of kids. We all lived on Queen Anne and we all played together. And so my first, up until middle school, uh, all of my friends were boys, mm-hmm. every single one of them. And Up until middle school? Mm-hmm. Wow. The first time I ever had to make friends with girls was Dana Baumgartner, right, right. who moved in around the corner for me when I was 12. Hmm. And yeah, in middle school, girls. That was, <laughs> and still to this day, is that not That is in, really Was wild. that a youth group-based relationship, too, or is that just McClure? Or? No, she, she, moved, she, her, she moved into a house around the corner, and okay. one day I was walking around the block, and we ran into them, and they said, oh, yeah, we have a daughter inside who's a year older than you are. And kind of awkward. And yeah, well, <laughs> they didn't say that, but it was true. <laughs> and, yeah, two awkward kids ended up spending a lot of time together. 
Yeah. That's sweet. That's really, it's interesting because I went, I would say like from kindergarten to third grade, mm-hmm. I only had friends that were boys. But then from fourth to like sixth grade, I was only friends with girls. Oh, interesting. And then middle school, I started to slowly creep my way like into being co-ed more. Yeah. That, that co-ed life. <laughs> the co-ed life. <laughs> but I don't know what happened in third, between third and fourth grade for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder, because they say that. I just want to say, that's like, that what you had was the perfect, that's about perfect. Is it? Okay. <laughs> So I get home and I edit and I'm like, oh, I should have said something about the microphone. Okay, keep reminding me. Like this. Stupid right I'll, try, I'll try to remember. <laughs> um, yes, I I wonder because they say that that girls mature so much faster and so they don't want to hang out. But for some reason, I just, I mean, <laughs> that speaks to my immaturity <laughs> that I just wanted to hang out with little boys. Hang out with the immature boys over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make fart jokes. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, accurate. <laughs> so I remember... Um, I remember, so I've had in my whole, in my like life, and especially in the last couple of years, I've had lots of um, thoughts and, and kind of reckoning around my trans identity and wondering about, you know, nature versus nurture. People mm-hmm. love to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up with a lot of boys, there were, there's times that I've wondered to myself, you know, it, was that why? Was mm-hmm. it because the beginning of my life was just surrounded with boys and that's just how I grew up and that's what I knew. Um, but I I have a very distinct memory from when we moved to Queen Anne, we moved into a house that my grandparents owned and it had a pool in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And my dad got, my brother and I started swimming very early so we knew how to swim. So we were young, four, like this is a, a an early preschool, pre those group of people memory of um, one day being out in the backyard and being in the pool and having like underwear on little kids underwear on and um, getting ready to jump into the pool. And an adult, I still don't remember who it was looked at me and said, Oh, you need to go put on a girl's bathing suit. Cause I didn't Mm. have a top on. Yeah. Mm. Um, And that is still to this day, the one of the first memories I have of, of this difference being created. Yeah. Yeah. And from that moment on, I only had adults in my life continue to push that difference between mm-hmm. myself and Ruben and then myself and my people and my yeah. community. Yeah. Um, Quick side note interjection is like, maybe we'll tell little stories along the way, but like, I, I do remember, especially as like 27, so I was your age at this time, led a trip of about 40 kids to Portugal. And there was this strange conflict <laughs> energy of like, um, and, and it's true. I look back on it. There are so many things I look back on now. I was like in over my head, didn't know what I was doing, didn't understand. But like there was this conflict where it was like four different times we surfed. And with the girls, yeah, there was all this stuff of like the guys were just taking off their shirts and getting in their wetsuits. And, and it was like, girls, cover up. Don't show anything is, there. Yeah. You have to have the towel mm-hmm. over you. And, and there's just all this fighting. And did you see? And, and it's like, you were just so frustrated. Oh, You're I like, was what? so The mad. guys have their shirts oh, off. I can't even like, there are literally people topless on these Portugal beaches. Like yeah. what the heck is happening? Like, why are you guys so scandalized by this? And people be like, come over and Catherine's upset. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Catherine was, has every right yeah, to be yeah, 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 pissed. <laughs> but I had no idea why. I didn't right, have you any had no idea why. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have any yeah. um 
any language around it. I just yeah. knew that something was different and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wow, hear that's... a lot of those stories. <laughs> yeah. I bet. go, not tonight necessarily, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're coming back. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's an aspect of what you're already starting to share of like, because you had your brother alongside you for it to be like really poignant of the like different ways that you guys were being treated and like the different expectations right. put on you guys. Like Absolutely. you had that right next to you to look through your whole life. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's crazy. Yeah. Reflecting back at me at all times mm-hmm. and people, I'm definitely between the two of us. I'm definitely the stronger personality. I'm louder. I'm more dramatic. Um, I'm sassier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Ruben's super chill. Yeah. Like, I would guess he's a nine, but who knows? I'm not going to type someone from the distance, but... But you will still. (laughs) I believe it. He's super quiet, super shy. Um, The sweetest guy, like, you'll ever meet. And I wonder, it'd be interesting to to hear what Hen's thoughts are on this, too, but although I was the bigger personality and people would probably, from the outside, guess that I had a lot of influence on Ruben, Hmm. I would guess that he had way more influence on me in a much quieter way. I think I wanted to be like him and looked up to him and Hmm. was very aware at all times of what he was doing, what he looked like, what he was wearing, how he was talking. Interesting. Um, Yeah. More than I Like very fascinated by him. Yeah. Yeah. And and very influenced. Hmm. Like if Ruben changed something, I also wanted to change it. Ruben Ruben got glasses because he couldn't see when we were four or five. And I faked my eye exam (gasps) as a child. And everyone knew I was doing it. And they still gave me glasses. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Give this kid some glasses. Yeah. (laughs) Like get her out of here. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious just because I want to paint this picture. What is like the young Corey? clothing expression aesthetic happening when you're like preschool elementary age great question i had these bright (laughs) bright like floral print or other 90s kid print dresses yeah uh um what's that like a synthetic like cotton or polyester dresses and very unmatching color spandex <laughs> that I would wear every day in kindergarten. There <laughs> I are can pictures. Picture this. Oh my gosh, I was so girly. It's mm. wild. Mm. I would wear these. Yeah, and, and you I, were I think, and you were down with it. Yeah, I think yeah. part of it was like a movement thing. Like I could get down in these. Yeah. I could chase the boys. I could keep up in these talk, dresses. Talk close to you, Oh yeah! Right. <laughs> oh my god! I was getting very excited. <laughs> getting very a lot of movement. Yeah, those the first I I would say probably up until probably like second or third third or fourth grade. I I was very unaware of my gender expression in my clothing. Mm-hmm. I wore what felt comfortable. Yeah. Um. And I think there's also some element. Oh, that that's like a whole tangent to not go into, but um, I'm half black. For those of you who can't see, <laughs> don't go into that. Tangent. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> but I'll, I'll only say that because okay, I'm I totally think kidding, totally, <laughs> totally kidding. It's I mean yes, it's a it's just a whole longer story. Um, but growing up on Queen Anne, yeah, yeah, as like Ruben and I were two of a few. A very few, I'm imagining. handful of <laughs> a not drop in a kids. bucket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three totally. drops out of the rest. And my mom, 
who I love dearly, very early on um, instilled in my brother and I that that you are going to be judged because of the color of this, your skin. You are going to be judged on the ways that you present in the world outside of the color of your skin. Mm. And you need to be cognizant of that. Yeah. And that's something that we learned very early on. So, oh. like, we weren't wearing dirty sweatpants and, like, we weren't wearing you know, graphic t-shirts to school. We were wearing nicer clothing because Mm -hmm. my mom was very thoughtfully trying to teach us very early that we needed to look away to be accepted that way in the world. Yeah, Yeah, Um, that's frustrating. That's kind of like that version of the talk that, you know, it's like just trying to help you understand that you're going to be judged differently and Mm -hmm. to be on your guard. And yeah, that's so interesting. It is. It's, it's something that I, I didn't think I realized that, was happening and and now I do things now as an adult and see it coming back and realize how she was doing exactly what she wants me to do now mm-hmm. is to to have that already ingrained like I'm not going to go to class in sweatpants and right. pajama pants like I'm right. going to put on you know be respectable yeah in yeah. quotes I'm, I'm saying yeah yeah which is <laughs> yeah. how I feel now like yeah. I think that's a and part of that does fit in with going with like certain gendered clothing and exactly stereotypes yeah. and stuff. that's exactly yeah. where i was going with that thought yeah is is when you get into you know nicer clothing and dressing up gender gets huge mm-hmm. gets so much more exploded mm-hmm. um, oh yeah it's been very interesting in the last year or two to see macy get really existential about going to a wedding like, yeah what the, the heck am i gonna wear existential time of my life <laughs> oh. weddings are hard will i wear a dress <laughs> yeah. will I? no but yeah. i'm like i don't have enough nice menswear yeah. and how do I find menswear that fits me that I feel good at? it makes me so frustrated yeah. and yeah. existential <laughs> <laughs> if we could just all show up in our pajamas and dance oh, at every wedding seriously. yeah why, why not That'd why be a can't nice everybody be ripped yeah. jean wedding yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pajama wedding I do remember eventually maybe it was just in the youth group zones I feel like the common Catherine vibe vibe Catherine at the time is it okay <laughs> we could say Catherine yeah at the time? absolutely okay um, would have been Baggy basketball shorts yes. and a t-shirt. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely fell into a sport. Like sports became my. Me uh, too. Yeah. My identity. <laughs> yeah. That was. And oh, not only because I was good at them, like I, I did well in sports and being on boys teams growing up, it made me faster and, and stronger, honestly, mm-hmm. than a lot of the girls. And so I, when I did play with girls, I had that edge up. I had been playing with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I also took that as like, that was the way to be masculine as yeah. a young person is I can wear basketball shorts. I can wear tennis shoes and it's not and me being t-shirt. different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not me hiding my body. Mm-hmm. It's me being sporty, sporty spice. Sporty. <laughs> I did like sporty spice the most. Gosh, yeah. I'm, as you're talking, I'm like thinking of my own childhood and I grew up with two older brothers hmm. And then, like, a much older sister. But one of my brothers, I'm like, as you're talking about reflecting, I'm like, I think I did that with one of my brothers. And was really very much fascinated and paying attention to the decisions he made, the style choices he made, Mm -hmm. like, the people he hung out with. And I only wore his hand-me-downs. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I'm like, oh, what what was happening with Little Mace? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Ruben would get so mad if I, he would, he would have some sort of clothing or my parents would buy something that looked similar. My mom would like buy two pairs of something. Mm-hmm. We could not wear it on the same day. Oh, you oh. knew one of us had to go back and change oh. if our outfits were even slightly 
And who would initiate that decision? Oh, Ruben. He'd be okay. like, take that off. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> we can't do this. Like, You're changing or Dang I'm it. changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the rare times Ruben's putting his foot down. <laughs> he did. There were rare times, but when yeah. he did, he really put it down. <laughs> he picked oh, his gosh. battles. Okay, so those are the early days. Yes, early days. So you're just sensing, like, I'm not like the other girls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a there yeah, was a I, point. I relate more to the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a point where the the parents of our group of friends, um, at at one point, made it very clear that, in like a in a short way to say it, that I wasn't allowed at sleepovers anymore. There's a point where the oh, the moms oh, of the group move. of boys said that yeah. Catherine can no longer come to sleepovers. Yeah. And you're just sort of naturally showing up at these things. Like, yeah, because these are my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what yeah. we do. Yeah. On Fridays, you go and buy stuff from 7-Eleven, <laughs> get a bunch of sweets, and you go to Blockbuster, and then you go home. Blockbuster. Yeah, Gosh. right. It used to be right here on Queen Anne Ooh, Avenue. I can't picture. That's yeah. so funny. Because I can think of the Blockbuster of yeah. where I grew up. Yeah. Oh. Gosh. It's where, where, what's that bank that that's bank. there now? Umqua? Umqua. Is, that's where Blockbuster used to be. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Umqua. That is that is a strange feeling for that to all of a sudden happen with those sleepovers. It was. And it was a very specific moment. It was probably sixth grade. I think that that happened. And that was, it was pretty in line with when the point where, oh, now I need to make new friends. And Hmm. those friends were girls. Yeah. And so that's when I started to make friends that were girls. That's where it starts to become like people because like puberty is happening where Mm -hmm. people start to really police what goes on between kids as they're being curious. Totally, Like the curiosity gets stifled with like boundaries and binaries. (laughs) I know. I'm so sad that I for like almost 20 years I was such a stickler with this stuff because I was just so ignorant. And, you know, I was I was the I was the guy up there all the time making those speeches no making purple, purple blue yeah. over here no purple you know <laughs> yeah it's like everybody has to stick to their colors no mixing you know well but you're also in a position that's hard because you're taking a bunch of youth yeah right with a, in a big age range you yeah. know that's different than saying it to a 17 year old than it is to a 12 year old True. like that is that's a really hard thing to navigate something yeah. that regardless of ge- you're going to have to struggle with that, <laughs> that i think that's the time. point like that we we have to struggle with it. I mean, when somebody yeah. says, "Well, what's the solution?" Then I'm like, I don't know if I have a great solution quite yet, but we have to figure it out. Yeah. But we probably shouldn't be calling it purple, <laughs> right? And right. telling people it's we know at least what not purple's to do, you know? outdated. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, to think of youth ministry from a queer perspective, it's just this whole, this whole idea of like gendered bathrooms, gendered rooms, gendered everything, gendered small groups, and we, and we mm-hmm. also like if you think of like a certain type of parent or personality or youth pastor like in the back of their mind what they're trying to prevent is like funny business yeah exactly <laughs> you know so it's like funny yeah, i know he still calls it funny business. <laughs> i know that is I like a really <laughs> i'm trying to say it lightly but like what yeah. what they they obviously just aren't in any way um making any sort of i mean they're living in a fantasy so to speak because they're not appreciating that there could be two girls that are into each other. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're not, you're not solving the problem <laughs> in quotes that you think you're solving. Um, and then, and then what about gender nonconforming people? I mean, yeah. it's like, it's I'll just, take yeah. the middle. Yeah. I'll yeah. take yeah. the Let divider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be the purple. <laughs> I'm purple. Purple's yeah, here. Like, what do I do? I'm existing there. as purple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rainbow's there. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. And that's and that is a good point and a good um, what's the word a good uh, segue segue thank yeah. you <laughs> Scott always good with segues um, <laughs> into what feels like what made 
the rest of my time before I came out difficult was all of a sudden there was this level of sexuality that was added into mm-hmm. it when Gosh. you hit middle school. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now it's about sex. And, and guys are in the hallway, hey girl. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay. everybody's having sex ed separately yeah. in their genders and now yep. you can't, girls and boys can't talk to each other mm-hmm. without it being seen in a way that, especially by adults um, right. that are putting this pressure onto, you know, Ooh, do you think they're cute? Like, do you have a boyfriend? It's it's like the male gaze and the guys being attracted to you becomes this like immediate thing that's yeah. talked about, and it's like the expectation almost. And it's the worst. It's so uncomfortable <laughs> as a little queer kid. <laughs> Get that out of here! Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, that coupled, um, that that element coupled with puberty which puberty was the absolute worst. The minute my body started changing, I fell into a deep depression mm. all Dang. of a sudden. Yeah. We, like my body just started betraying everything that I knew it to be and wanted it to be. And I had no control over it. Mm. I don't wish that. And so there's, you know, lots of conversations now about um, using medications to, to hold off on puberty for young people, which mm. I am. Yeah. Very much in support of, yeah, because that's it's life altering and it it messes with your mental health to have your body doing things that you're not ready for. It's like an attack on. almost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I think I probably said something along the same lines with the Henia episode. Like in terms of like curiosity and listening, I'm trying to think of I don't know who's listening to this. I mean, I think yeah. probably a lot of listeners are naturally here for the queer conversations, but. I like to think that somebody could find an episode like this someday and just like listen to the story because that wasn't my experience, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that was Henia's. And there you hear these stories of it's like this is sort of horrific, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, Prebeater is awkward for everybody, but I didn't have that sort of experience. Like, yeah, yeah, here we go, it's changing, just like they said it would. Oh, okay, here we go, you know, dun dun, you know. And it's like it's important to pay attention to these things. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to. Hen's episode about about them entering about her her like mm-hmm. journey into puberty and thinking wow this is something that I personally identify with so strongly and there was no one around me mm. who was feeling who was feeling that or expressing that I felt so alone yeah but there yeah. were clearly other people going through it yeah it's also interesting to think about you being able to watch your own puberty alongside your brothers as well yeah and then you have that next to it almost mm-hmm. like oh. accentuating the yeah. difference. This is what I I and it's it's funny because for me I was I was young enough that I didn't really understand puberty. I mean 12 year olds. We don't really understand what people no. are saying to us that's no. happening. Yeah. yeah. Hormones Flash. changes. There you had it. You had yeah. the you had the lesson. Was that yeah. real? Is that yeah. really gonna happen? Yeah. <laughs> um but me not having a way to talk about it and also the boys not having a way to talk about it so it was very different it was very separate it yeah. was very private i didn't know i knew that what was happening to me wasn't right and didn't feel right but i also couldn't understand if what was happening to them was right for me either hmm. oh it was all hmm. a mystery well said. All like i mystery. want none of it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> take it all back <laughs> i don't want any of it yeah and at that time it's just feelings like you have no way you mm-hmm. have no way to like articulate this in a very you know i mean yeah, yeah and you're in those feelings while a lot of adults around you are 
kind of sharing narratives that aren't speaking to what you're going through. Mm-hmm. So it's then that makes you feel even more isolated and alone in that. Yeah. Yeah. And unsure if this is even right. This is supposed yeah. to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a similar like puberty feeling, but I think that it's interesting that both you and Hen share that. And it's mm-hmm. made me even reflect a little bit more on like the feelings that I was having around during that time. I think I felt a lot of denial and then also just felt like, I don't feel like I'm in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't feel like I have a place in this conversation. I wasn't like as interested in certain things that people were interested in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's a, I think a very hard focus, especially in puberty that, um, that people that I've talked to who have trans identities kind of fall into. There's a, there's an extra level of, um, awareness of the change of bodies and Hmm. and what bodies do and what they look like and how they change in that specific period where I think queer young queer people in puberty hormones feelings are having this whole experience of of difference of not being in line with what everyone else is having yeah yeah but then the the trans identity on top of that is it's a physical manifestation Hmm. of it doesn't look right this Hmm. doesn't feel right this isn't this isn't right. Hmm. Dang. Gosh. <laughs> Yo, this world. So that's essentially like middle school. Yeah, that was middle school. That was middle school in words that I didn't have for it. And so yeah. I, I thought I was gay. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm definitely very queer, <laughs> um, but I attributed it all to that. Yeah. Right, I just right. thought yeah. I was queer. And were you like self-acknowledging that and just not like, where were you at there? It was funny <laughs> for a while there. I Tends to be. Gosh, I love my friends. There's a group of boys that I grew up with. There's about nine of us. We've known each other forever. And it was it was never really a question. When when people started talking about crushes mm-hmm. and I started talking about my crushes that were also the same girls that these boys were talking about. <laughs> right. It was never weird. Nobody, oh, everyone was just right. Like, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Sh- she's great too. Yeah, yeah. I also think she's. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Kind of super awesome. Hot. Yeah. I, yeah. I have the best group of friends, and I honestly think that they're very lucky that they had me. I Seriously. think I made them more sensitive and caring and loving people. Because they were like we. There was undeniable friendship happening there, and you were just super totally. honest about it. Yeah. 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 Gosh, and they, that's awesome. they couldn't they couldn't deny that it was happening and they didn't try to because it was normal at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I got really lucky. I've got a really solid group of group of guy friends. Um, and yeah, so we navigated that that queer my queerness mm-hmm. crushes together. Um, and that felt like enough mm-hmm. for a while that felt like it covered it I was um I was gay I was mm-hmm. this yeah. gay girl um and that was hard it was hard in in the church and especially at Bethany which is pretty conservative yeah did you come out like were your family like your parents in on it I did I though I believe that I came out to my youth leaders first um the, this guy no, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> we had we had small groups, um, yeah. and so I had a group, uh, two youth, two female youth leaders who followed me um, through like the end of middle school into high school, and and very intentionally, which I think is such a good idea. Um, 
the, they would follow us it. through sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott's taking credit for that. You see that? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. I said Macy's doing it currently. Oh, are you? Ma- Macy's oh. been with their group for four or five years. I five. think that's six or six seven. Year, six or seven. That yeah. con- <laughs> when your life is zero continuity, is z- nothing is constant <laughs> from moment to moment. Yeah. Having adults, I mean adults, 20 I know, seriously, I'm like, yeah. you guys, I'm a fake adult. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going Society on. Society has told you that you're an adult. Yeah, <laughs> and so you fake it until mm-hmm. you make it. Mm-hmm. But having that con- that consistency is so important. And so they were the first ones that I came out to. And they were 25-year-olds at SPU. They were the- theology students. Mm-hmm. At SPU, small town, PKs. I know the funny thing is that one of them was Leah Koshiyama, mm-hmm. and uh, Leah also had a really close relationship with Dave Neenhouse. Really? Who's a professor at SPU. Oh, yeah. mean. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. Neenhouse, yeah. yeah. He's like one of my favorite professors. But Macy doesn't know uh, Leah, I don't think. Oh, I don't yeah. think I know Leah. Um, yeah. But you know Neenhouse, yeah. Um, yeah, Leah, who um, she and I are very close now, her and her wife, and I spend a lot of time together. So sweet. Yeah. Such That's good so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, they, her and the other leader, didn't really know what to do with me. They were loving and caring and didn't know how to navigate a young queer person in a Presbyterian church, right. especially a church that has now decided that they're not going to affirm queer mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. and yeah. queer ministry. Um, and they did the best they could, and it wasn't great. It yeah. wasn't a great experience. <laughs> it was not the most affirming experience I could have had. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally just today for my new role in life, is I was, I was researching resources for youth pastors ministering to queer youth. Yeah. And there was hardly anything I could find on the internet. Yeah. I mean, just anything. I mean, I was searching in every type of Google search I could think of to create like, and you know, it would be great if something instantly popped up. This is the resource. This is the go-to. This is how, um, and that's, that's now, I mean, now we're talking like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's sad. It's sad that that wasn't in place. It, yeah. I was never, it was somebody that was like training my leaders. I was never talking to them about like, here's what you do if somebody comes out or, you know, we're just, yeah, it makes me think of when I was a small group leader, I had like many kids come out to me. Yeah. And uh, they, they could pick up the energy. This is a safe place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. And I oh, this one will get it. Yeah. I would always, you know, like, I'm like, cool. You yeah, know, like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Great. That's mm-hmm. like very God loves that you're that, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But like then I would have to be like, now I have to navigate figuring out how we're going to like what we're going to do be because it's like an uphill battle. It's like. Where's mm-hmm. the family? Mm-hmm. Where's your family in the church at? Where's mm-hmm. who, what adults? Like, I didn't want to have to tell other adults, you know, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. that sucks. Right. Like, this is something that's totally awesome and should yeah. be celebrated. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> mm, so yeah. frustrating. Well, and there's, there's not a lot. I, I could be wrong. You can correct me on this. But when I, when I then went to college and was a youth leader, um, when I was 23, mm-hmm. 22, and was working with middle schoolers, which is my favorite thing in the world. I love middle schoolers. But having them tell you anything, anything that's hard, like having a, a youth say that, you know, things at home are hard right. or mm-hmm. that, you know, somebody is hurting them or... Mm-hmm. They're hurting themselves. Yeah, they're or they're bullied at school yeah. and they no one is helping them. Like these are things that 
I was not prepared for as a 22, 23 year old to have these conversations in general. I feel that. It's a lot. I mean, it's like this really funny structure that we have of like, yeah, let's get a bunch of college age kids who are existential as all get out and have them kind of probably live vicariously through these teenagers that they hang out with because they miss middle school. Mm -hmm. And then it is sweet and supportive, but it's like, it's a funny system we've set up. Well, the most ideal system, I think, and we don't need to get in like youth ministry stuff here, but like maybe any sort of working with teens is like uh, in my world, in my opinion, the best setup would be older adults. Well, it would be like both. It would be like a great frontier line of like twenty somethings coupled with some forty and fifty year olds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that absolutely those twenty somethings can get support when they need it too. You know, like. Or the or you know who do I go to after that small group session like, mm-hmm. um, and have the different perspectives. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. I feel like most of the time though, it's unfortunately not that way. It definitely wasn't the case when I, I know. was leading. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. <laughs> there was definitely some older folks. I think when you were around, weren't there? There were. Mm-hmm. There were my well when I was a youth. When I was in youth group, there was a less intergenerational spread. Um, but you did work pretty hard. And by the time I was a leader, I came back as a leader, right. you, you had increased that yeah. spread of age. And I I don't think at the time, especially as a youth, I was really focused on cool. Like, who yeah. was cool? I wanted to hang out with cool people and could not appreciate that intergenerational <laughs> relationship. Totally. I mean, Looking it's back hard. now, it yeah. was gold yeah yeah, it was absolute gold that those (laughs) i feel that (laughs) 50 year olds wanted to hang out with middle schoolers no one no one wants to do that (laughs) let alone 50 year olds (laughs) middle schoolers are tough man ah they're so great they are but i kind of love middle schoolers i love them (laughs) they're so perfect they're so weird they're the perfect combination of like really weird and young and have that like a little bit of kid don't give a care attitude mixed with like starting to get really keen and sharp and like get perspective on the world and they just tell they tell it like it is they <laughs> don't like they it. don't censor <laughs> at all no That's censors true. yeah so yeah. at the time you would have said gay yes and you wouldn't even had the language would you have said lesbian or gay i think i came out as bisexual okay at that point yeah that's I, a lighter way i feel like it totally like. was yeah, yeah. it was a way that i felt like my parents could accept it and my parents were so great about it mm. i remember nice. coming out to my dad on a car drive and told him I was, I thought I was bisexual. And he's like, all right, cool. What do you want for lunch? Oh, like, so, and my dad, my dad's a great, he loves Prince. Like my dad is so <laughs> solid. Oh, this, um, this is some good information. This is how yeah, he handles what, his kid coming out and he likes Prince. That's a lot of information. Queer information yeah. about my father. <laughs> he loves Prince. So I was fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, both of my parents, I grew up in really accepting families. Um, and so a lot of the pressure and the difficulties I faced were self-imposed. And I think a lot of that came from growing up in the church. Of, mm. um, I really struggled with wanting to be what I thought the perfect Christian was in a space that I felt so safe and so full and I wanted to be my full self. Um, but there was this piece that didn't feel like it fit. Yeah. Gosh, you and I have very similar stories of like, my parents were super chill and accepting, but I put myself in this church that then put like made it all harder for me. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that weird? It's really weird. It is. 
and it was coming from the top two. Like there was no point in the youth group either that I, I mean, we had some, some, there was a spectrum of, of leaders who mm-hmm. were conservative to very not. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it, it was the, it was the church, the church body and the PC USA mm-hmm. at the time as a whole mm-hmm. coming down on top of yeah. me. It and it's like it, it, the vibe is sort of like a don't ask, don't tell vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for you being bisexual, mm-hmm. let alone yeah, being yeah, yeah. trans. I wouldn't even, had, I wouldn't even <laughs> had any, I would have had no idea what to say to that at the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't, I didn't know any trans kids at that point yeah. in my life. There was nobody coming out really as trans at that point. Um, which since, since then, there are a couple other kids in youth group who are mm-hmm. now identified as gender non-binary mm-hmm. or trans in some way, and none of us were there yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, fascinating. And there was no, there was no way that us leaders or anybody would have been trained to ask questions or be curious or create space or yeah. just wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember any little other little stories or moments or encounters like that you had throughout high school, not necessarily in youth group, but like? in school or with a teacher or with an adult where you, it was just an aha moment or something, or you were continuing to learn about yourself or maybe a bad moment. I don't know. Just another <laughs> little, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think I had a lot of moments in middle and high school where I, I was aware that I, um, that people were drawn to my personality yeah, and that I sure. was able to be, um, and this will make sense in a moment, um, that I, I was able to collect people and to um, gain respect and trust mm-hmm. and loyalty and, and not in, in unearnest ways, in ways that felt really strong and really personal and really fulfilling for me and for the people around me. And... A lot of that happened in um, in youth group, and so that's how I decided I wanted to be a youth leader. Mm-hmm. And I loved theology, and I would I would devour it mm-hmm. um, in a way that I I think I still do. And 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 it's no longer theology necessarily, as it is just I love to learn. Mm-hmm. I just will always yeah. in my life love to learn. Um, but at that time in my life, I found a thing that that made sense. And so uh, that's what led me to going to Whitworth mm-hmm. and to deciding that I was going to be, uh, I was going to go get my theology degree and go to get my MDiv. Corey, you and, and I are so pastor. similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I are so similars. similar. The, yeah. You speaking of your high school youth group vibe is me. I went to college. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's just another memory is like, <laughs> oh, yeah. when you were around, oh, yeah. especially like junior, senior year is when I really started to probably come into my own a little bit more as a youth pastor. And mm-hmm. I started to really find my voice in creating more of a conversational vibe at the group, like mm-hmm. not necessarily breaking into small groups, but using the talk to host a conversation. And that's another thing. Like you always, when you were around, kept the conversation going with your curiosity. Like you made mm-hmm. it cool to, to talk in the group. Yeah. yeah. You were like, yeah. You'd be like, Oh, everybody, you know, we drop a little theological idea in there and every, every, the kids would kind of sit there and you'd be like, wow, I'm really interested in this because this, and we'd be like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and when, when you weren't there some nights, it was hard to gain traction with the group to like get a discussion going. Yeah. But when Corey, you were there, it was like, Corey. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get the discussion going. It was so good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you did. Once, you were into it. Like you gaining, I feel like you gaining your voice gave us youth more space to have our own voice. Mm. And that conversation, it was, it was a conversation. Um, I remember going on a mission trip to Seattle and it was like one of the times we merged with another youth group. And I, I, I was like so excited one night. It just happened naturally where we just started doing our thing. I was like, well, here it is our first night. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's the concept. Here's the verse. What do you guys think? And everybody started raising their hand and started talking. And yeah. the, the leaders from the other youth group came up afterwards like, what the heck was yeah. that? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? How did you get know. them to talk? Yeah, I was like, this is what we do. You know, it was like, yeah. it was almost like a little orchestra I was directing. <laughs> <laughs> We've been practicing for this, you yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, at times he couldn't get us to shut up. And yeah, yeah, he'd be true, like, true. I'm actually turning off the lights. In yeah, five we're minutes. done. Go home. You Thank need you. to stop I'm talking. Glad you're stop. Talking we about love this, the Bible. But go home. Go find your parents. It's true. Gosh. Okay, so you went to Whitworth? I did. Okay, yes. I'm very curious. Yeah. I I want a pea frame. A pea frame? If anybody out there knows about this beer that is called a frame, Scott has been calling it a pea frame. Oh, I don't know beer. It's a The brewery is either pea frame or frame. Everybody listening, what is it? Help. Help Scott help himself. Help Scott save himself. Okay. Yeah. This is the Whitworth. So I was a pirate. Yes. And yeah, so Whitworth pirate. Yeah. Um, Where so is Whitworth again? It's in Eastern Washington, right? Spokane, Washington. Spokane. Yeah. Oh. But it's, also awesome. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah. whoa in an awesome way. <laughs> Ooh. That was a very Scott sound. <laughs> oh, Spokane. Um, to speak to what you were saying a second ago, I. Uh, I didn't have any aha moments at this point. Mm. Gender was not, mm. it wasn't on my mind. It, I knew something was different right. and I found a word. H- had you had any dating experiences same, same, up until same. that point? Oh man. Hi mom. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. There were. <laughs> Mona, are you listening? Oh yeah. Mona knew. Mona's oh, yeah. so smart. Um, I didn't hide anything from Mona. Yes, I had had a few romantic experiences with girls Mm -hmm. and knew that that felt good Mm -hmm. and felt right. And I actually had had a few romantic experiences with boys too, which didn't feel wrong, but didn't, there was something off Mm -hmm. about it, Mm -hmm. um, which makes more sense now. (laughs) Um, but at that point, yeah, I was just very closeted gay. Mm -hmm. Very closeted, um, Whitworth gay, and so and when you show up there, you're like putting the gay down. Oh, no gay! I'm a girl. I'm in the girls' dorm. I'm with the girls. Yeah, going to the girls' I have a girl roommate. Yeah. I'm, yeah, we're putting on dresses to go on our first nights where mm. the God. the boy takes a girl to dinner, mm. and it, I did it really well, and it <laughs> felt okay for a while because you're meeting. It's yeah. yeah. It, for it's a while, the social it was thing. Just, You're a freshman at college. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to do it. Oh, it feels so good. You're <laughs> making a lot of new friends. Everything's really exciting. This too. You're Every- playing the role so well. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> honestly, there's a lot of cute new people. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter the boys totally. or girls. There's just a lot of... A lot of energy. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's, yeah, vibing off of each mm-hmm. other. And, and we're all at a place where we think our futures are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that I was at the school where I was going to learn yeah. all the things I needed to be the 
be what I wanted to be for the rest of my life. So we were all fired up mm-hmm. off of Jesus. <laughs> it was happening. <laughs> it was happening. And I met I met a, a boy those first actually that first those first few months I met a boy who I will not name um not that he will ever listen to this but to to keep his privacy um who I fell in friend love with and spent yeah. almost all my free time with and we were so close and we clicked so quick and he, he just came out as bisexual. Hmm. Um, he's married, has a kid, um, and came out as bisexual hmm. about a year ago. Hmm. And it, when that happened, you know, you think back into things in your life and you, and you look back at them and you think that's, that makes that sense. queer love makes sense. Queer yeah. love. Yeah. yeah. That's sweet. We connected in a way that felt really good huh. hmm. in a way that felt really different. And so it was happening. It was happening at Whitworth. Mm-hmm. Like, even as, and even out in the open, you know, queer people love Jesus. Regard, you know, that's, right? That's yeah. still of course. happening. Yeah. Um, but Whitworth was not a great place for me. It was yeah. a really, really horrible place to be closeted and queer and mm-hmm. brown in Eastern Washington, and not know anyone. Yeah. And be from a big city where a lot of people from small cities. I just had a lot of things going against me at Whitworth um, and ended up, yeah, which I, I told you the other night, I, um, my junior year um, had a suicide attempt mm-hmm. and um, ended up coming back to Seattle and kind of reevaluating everything that I yeah. knew about my future and what I wanted and who I was and um, and how Whitworth was doing the opposite of, mm-hmm. of me growing mm-hmm. and, and living and it was a toxic place. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was, it was not a good place for me to be. And so I came back and that first, that first summer when I was back, I needed something to do. So I got my, I came home and I got my EMT certification and I needed something to do that first summer. I was home and off of school. And so I Googled Queer Camp Seattle. Wow. Yeah. And found Camp Ten Trees. Huh. Wow. Which is um, a queer camp in the, it's the biggest queer camp in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. See, we, I don't know anything about this. This oh. is why it's so good to be having these conversations. This is, this camp saved my life and wow. has saved hmm. hundreds of lives. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Biggest biggest queer camp in the Pacific Northwest. We have the only trans camp, Gosh, trans sleepaway camp. Yeah, <laughs> it is an incredible place. And where is it? It's we. It's out in Bremerton, Washington. Okay. Yeah, we take a bunch of queer kids okay. into the woods. Going to Bremerton. Yep. Into the woods. Out into Bre- Bremerton loves us too. Mm. They know every year when those queer kids are coming into the woods. They that is love so us. fun. Coming into the woods, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so seven eight years ago. I volunteered for my first summer at Camp Tentries, and um, it wasn't that first summer, but it's through that community that I was introduced to this idea of trans identity. Yeah, yeah. I had I had no idea about huh. it. Huh. I know, huh. yeah, at all. Growing up in Seattle, Seattle's liberal. Yeah, gay people everywhere, but back in two thousand and nine, eight, nine, trans. Hmm. There was not trans visibility like yeah. we have today at all. I at feel like, all. yeah, yeah. Or if there were, they were older. They were not young. Mm-hmm. 
And there's trans a lot of stigma people. around it too. Mm-hmm. Right. Still, and there wasn't a conversation around it. Yeah. Like it yeah. was, it was an invisible, I mean, it, not that it isn't still very invisible, but yeah. it was, I feel like much less, obviously. Yeah. Years then. ago. Yeah. 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 And, and all of a sudden, so there was, there was nothing. And then all of a sudden in their space, there were all of these people that had this identity and they were saying things about themselves that were clicking in my brain yeah. as often people discover identities through. Hmm. Um, and so it took a couple of years and I met, I met a guy, Finn, who that's not his real name. So I don't mind <laughs> saying it, um, who kind of took me under his wing. And I remember he would say things, he would say little things to me like, Oh, that's a super trans thing for you to say. Or hmm. have you ever, well, have you ever thought about like, maybe you're just a dude. And, and, hmm. and would put these little... You're like, what? Yeah, yeah, these little kind of stickers into my mind. And um, I remember it, it, it took some months. And finally, at one point, I came to him and I said, okay, you're saying all these things. What if they're true? Like, what in some world, yeah. what if I'm like you? He's like, great, awesome. <laughs> First step, let me know if you want to try a different name. But, hmm. you know, hmm. if you want to try a different name, come up with a name and tell me, and I will call you that name in person. And if it doesn't feel right, we'll try a different name. Ah, oh, this sounds so sweet. Mm-hmm. Talk it slightly clo- really closer to your microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds so sweet. Obvi- also, <laughs> talk closer to your microphone. It sounds so, so sweet if yeah. it's closer to yeah. the microphone. Yeah, 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 it does. <laughs> and Honestly, though, that's what we're talking about, right? Like, the skills, like... Mm-hmm. We can be supportive, open and affirming, but like also what are the skills to, to help kids navigate this? Mm-hmm. That's something I've never heard before. That sounds so logical and rational. Like, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Like this is one little trick, you know, like Yeah. And he's like, let's I hate it. this. I hate this. Like, don't call me Corey. That sounds terrible. You yeah. know, like or <laughs> maybe or, <laughs> maybe it feels great. Or you pay a lot of money for mm-hmm. them to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I knew that I I wanted a name that started with the same letter as my yep. first name. Um, and I made a list. Mm. And as I was thinking through it, one day I decided, let's try this name. Let's try it. Yeah. Let's just give it a go. And mm. I texted Finn, texted Finn. <laughs> and asked him, let's try Corey. Yeah. How does Corey sound? He's like, great. How does Corey sound? <laughs> <laughs> he said, great. <laughs> a couple days later, it was probably 48 hours later, I remember walking up to his house and I was I was dating his best friend at the time. Hmm. Hadn't told her. Hmm. Hmm. So hmm. I walk up to the house and he goes, hey, Corey, how's it going? And I knew instantly. Oh. Done. Easy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> something, something about me just gets chills. That's I know. Great. I got chills yeah. there too. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. First time. Yeah. And that was it. And that huh. was that was really the beginning. Jeez. And I Jeez. think I don't know if a a lot of people start with a name, but it's a it's a really easy and like non-threatening way to start. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we do. We have a lot of youth who come to camp and you can have a camp name at camp. Like it can be, you know, yeah. Honey Bear. That's Thunder really Stick. nice. So you could just oh, try things out. Yeah. Or anything. Or yeah. if you want to try Casper or Theo. Yeah. Or like we'll call you that for a week. Yeah. See how it feels. Yeah. That feels good. So it's not that conspicuous if somebody's like, and I'm going by Corey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nothing. Yep. Absolutely. Easy. Yeah. Let's put it on a name tag. I'm mm. gonna forget it if you don't. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Write it down. <laughs> but yeah, that was and that was about 
four months before I started hormones. And um, that was November 2016. Mm -hmm. So for you, would you say that in this like transition, did you feel like you were transitioning to be like, would you consider yourself a trans trans man? I do not like the word man. I know. <laughs> I, even asking that, I feel like it doesn't feel real. I said, the, even the face you made, you're like, that's not it, <laughs> is yeah. it? It's not, I don't think it's it. Yeah. I, a bro? <laughs> yeah. Dude? I'm a trans bro. I'm, yeah. I'm going to start dude. that. <laughs> no, definitely not a man. Um, <laughs> I, I identify as trans masculine. Definitely. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, that's a trans masculine queer person of color, I mm. think is yeah. is where I'm at right now. That's mm. what feels the most accurate to me. Um, and that has been in flux and probably will continue, continue to be in to flux, be. which is awesome. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. I learn new words from middle schoolers every day. Legitimately. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I can be that's, a nice, <laughs> that's a nice thing too. Like, right. When you get on the other side of this whole topic, is and I'm still like, re, like maybe call it recovering or emerging or something from these tendencies. Are, are you a recovering misogynist? Yeah, probably all those things in recovery. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we're we. It's like we clutch at labels. We need everything Gosh. to be understood and defined, Absolutely. and we need you to be like, okay, you've made that decision. So tell me. So now what are you? Okay, let's close the book on that. You've decided mm-hmm. you're Corey, you're trans masculine. Great. Like no more, right? And you're like, wait, I'm still discovering myself. Yeah. I couldn't learn a better word. I could learn something different about myself. This is part of the journey. Yeah. yeah. You know. But I definitely Absolutely. know I can get back right into the headspace of like we need to we need to define this right now. And yeah. you need to tell me what you mean by that, you know, and man. Yeah, I spent, I don't know about you, Macy, I spent so many years of my young adolescence coming out like yeah. over and mm. over and over again because everyone around me needed to know what I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, but yeah. to give that safety and that comfort to the people around me, I kept updating them and that... Mm that feels like a, a gift that I no longer need to give to the people around me. Mm. People oh, want to know. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And you're going to have to just be okay with that. that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I like <laughs> That's that. Good. I like that. I was really pretending for way for a longer than you probably were. It feels <laughs> like <laughs> I was really living into that, like specific mold I was going for. Yeah. But what, yeah. What, what, you've said several times, I'm talking to Macy, everybody that, you really resonate a lot with this, certain elements of Corey's story. Oh, well, I mean, I really resonate with Corey, especially being like this youth group teenager who's too nerdy for their own good, probably. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm, like, I'm really relating to this, like, wanting to go to college and having this big dream of, like, theology in school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mm-hmm. your relationship to your youth group sounds similar to how I was, like, mm-hmm. in terms of what my youth group meant to me. And, mm-hmm. like, that was the safest space for me, too. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, you and I had our own relationship, but you all, uh, were obviously also like sort of idolizing 
Leah and others. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Leah was bringing the big theology vibes too. Leah was like a theology snob. Yeah. Which I love. I'm saying that as a compliment if you're listening to this, Leah. You know I'm a <laughs> yeah. fan of yours. Leah will listen to this. Um, okay, I have two questions. Please. The first question is just because I saw that video of you, and this is mostly just because I'm curious, I had like a big, when I cut my hair and like buzzed my head, it was like very emotional and important mm-hmm. for me. Did you have any like hair moments <laughs> oh my gosh good. that's, that's a good such a good question because you saw my hair yeah it was yeah. long i know it was so long and yes. i like i wondered like do you like looking back because like i kind of at this point don't love to look back at myself when hmm. i look super femme and have long hair i'm like oh yeah. it feels really weird to me <sighs> yeah yeah both really good questions <laughs> the the Let's hair just question sit with how good those questions <laughs> were Scott, that was such a you line. Yeah. Don't even lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I could be Scott. Yeah. Yes. Hair and hair is, oh my gosh, hair. We could talk about hair for an entire episode. Oh like gosh. True. <laughs> no thing episode hair. You should. Please, please. Because our podcast, we can. Uh, even in today, even when we're Honestly. like post, post image, post, mm-hmm. you know, our society is no longer about what we look like. Mm-hmm. That's a load of crap. Oh yeah. Hair means so much. And it, yeah, it, people look at you so differently based on your hair. It does. It, and it's inside too. It has yeah. such a, people have such a strong connection. You get a bad haircut. Everybody else will say it grows back, but you feel, you feel it yeah. deep down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my sophomore year of, of college, I, a really good friend of mine, um, one of my, and one of my, one of the, uh, man, what did you call them? The, uh, the people in charge, the, the leaders. No, what? in the, in the dorms. Oh, RA. Oh, yes. yeah. PA. R-A. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The RAs. Yeah. She, she, I don't even, I honestly don't remember the situation leading up to it, but she gave me my first short haircut and I had mm. always had my hair long, like all the way down to my butt. Like long curly hair, and she often often kind of braided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that was also you know it's hard to be a young mixed kid with curly yeah. hair yeah. with no one else around you as curly hair, so you don't really know In what to Queenie. do with it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I just wore it the easiest way, which was often mm-hmm. braided. Um, and she she hacked it down to it was kind of a almost like a fro, like a curly fro. And I've never gone back. It has mm. been that long or shorter. And I have pictures of that moment. I went into the bathroom and took pictures. And the, the face, like the joy on my face yeah. is just palpable in Dang, that picture. Honestly, though, yeah. if, if you could dig those up and we could post them. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. I know exactly where it is. Okay. Oh, I find it. Yeah. That'd be a good post. I look at it every once in a while. I know exactly where it uh, is. Because that awesome. was, yeah, that was a big changing moment. I think also in my, like... My understanding of gender. Mm, yeah. yeah. It was oh, yeah. All the, I did this thing that I had thought about, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I and didn't walk like outside. Probably more beautiful, and then you shed it. And yeah. Like nobody, people didn't immediately turn on me or right. count me off or cast me out because I cut my hair. And also, yeah. you liked the look. Yeah. And also, I you were like, it. I look dope. I love. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I look good. Yeah. I, I, I like that too. Like you. <laughs> This I love this idea of like you know exactly where those pictures are. I, I, oh yeah, <laughs> right. We did an episode on emotions one night, and I texted <laughs> Macy. I was like, "Do you have any pictures of yourself crying?" And Macy was like, 
like yesterday in less than 30 seconds here's 10 pictures of me crying yeah. you know i was like whoa okay you Where, knew exactly in my bedroom in my car yeah. outside just, like, inside with a hoodie and the hoods yeah. on and almost all of them and, and it's like a crying <laughs> That's something I really appreciate about, I feel like there's just a tiny split between you and me and our (laughs) social media, like understanding of social media, like Instagram. I was, I barely caught Facebook right after it was like college. Yeah. Only college people. And I think I caught Instagram at the end of. When it was like super cool. Yeah. When it was starting to be something that people didn't just post their like really cool life updates and just day to day. Yeah. But the the crying, the crying Instagram photos are something I miss and I live for. I'm not Maybe even joking. We all have to do a crying selfie Ooh, soon. We, like, you should, we need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never like done it. Selfies. I need to do my first. On our no small thing, we posted them. But on my... My thing is... I might on my... I would not put it past me to post some like me crying and like very obscure moody, ca- moody caption. Maybe a little blurry. It's People like, who like ask a, me what it means. A song I'm like, lyric. Don't yes. comment. Yeah. Don't ask me you what it means. You don't get to know what it means. It's <laughs> and just don't a, ask. Yeah. Don't yeah. ask. I don't have the capacity to tell you. <laughs> That's <laughs> the exact attitude I get. <laughs> I don't cry enough to have crying selfies, but I, I might Sucks try to suck. work myself up. Yeah. Yeah. I like I've seen you cry. I feel like you get choked up so easily, but you don't let yourself let it over. You do. You get very emotional. Yeah, but it's like, you've got it. You've got it. You're almost there. I know. I know. I know. There was a time, there was a moment on a senior honor night. It might have been yours, honestly. Um, Because Jessica Elliott was leaving. Was she one? She wasn't one of your leaders, right? She what? Oh, was she? Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, was she like part of you? Was she in charge of your small group? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it was probably that one. Yeah. Yeah, And I was was sort of doing an official shout out to Jessica because she was one of the ones that had been from sixth grade to senior year. Mm -hmm. So I was like, also meaning so much to me because I think, oh, it was an emotional night because you were my first graduating. We were our class. group. That's what I was just yeah. thinking. Yeah, Aww. I've been with you since the beginning. We were the your one full group. Yeah, yeah. And then Jessica was phasing out, mm-hmm. and so like I was like seniors. Also, here's a special tribute to Jessica, and I was just a wreck. All of us. Yeah, but I kept I I see my it. my version of it. Being super awkward with it was uh, like coughing a bunch. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> so, anyways, I really love Jessica. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, she's Can great. You imagine <laughs> it's so true. Marissa was like, "What was going on with you?" I was like, "I was crying. Couldn't you tell?" You know, she was like, "No, it seemed like you had something in your throat." <laughs> you did. You had some funny ways I was of emotional. hiding your emotions. I was, yeah. I was so sad about I Jessica. I couldn't so tell. Funny. I can. Yeah. I was like, everybody knows I'm crying. Everybody knows how ridiculous I look. You know? <laughs> Gosh, crying doesn't make me look ridiculous. That's so funny. But when you're 25 and yeah, running a youth yeah. group at a yeah. small Presbyterian <laughs> church, yeah, you look a little. Also, I don't do this very often. I don't cry very often. I know, you're public, not practiced. Especially, yeah. yeah. Okay, wait. So let me just say, we, we went from Corey to hormones. Yeah. Like, what was going on in those in-between stages? And then... And then I... Oh, go ahead. Well, please. What were well, you no, saying? I mean, if you're down for it, I'm curious what that was like. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, totally. Because for me, in my world, there was also a Facebook post. So there was, was like yeah, like, that's right. So three things. Here, here, go from Corey to Hormones, <laughs> uh, Facebook post, mm-hmm. and then what was your thing? My, my, that was the question. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the transition willing. to hormones, transition, <laughs> um, <laughs> that... It happened pretty quickly, which is something I totally, I is, 
I'm a triple fire sign. Okay. All moon, sun, and rising are all fire. So I, when I get an idea, I get going. I'm <laughs> off the ground running. And I, when, I, I can see that for sure. <laughs> you yeah. know yeah, you yeah. did yeah, for yeah, many yeah, years yeah. of my life. <laughs> when I decided that I wanted, and it took me a while to decide that I wanted to start because it's just that moment of starting. Yeah. And and then I well, said, and yes, all the fear let's go. around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, I, well, and there wasn't a lot of information in the world. Like not a lot, you couldn't get on the internet and hear a lot of people's stories about starting hormones and, you know, different kinds of dosing and different kinds of forms of, uh, you know, injections versus gels versus, you know, all these ways now that, that you can minutely change the hormones in your body weren't there. It's Hmm. just, you started injections or you didn't um, start hormones or you were like a old man who just needed, you know, (laughs) pills. Um, which really were that was like the only stories yeah. you could find online. Yeah. It was weird, but it was I your Viagra, Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Viagra. <laughs> it was me or Viagra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I decided pretty quickly that I wanted to do it, and you go to the doctor and you say, "I want to do this," and they make sure that you know they ask a few questions and then they start it. And I'm lucky that Did I. Did you have to see a therapist? I didn't, not to start hormones, to okay. get surgery, yes. Okay. But not to start hormones. I'm really um, <laughs> I had a really great uh, a doctor in Seattle who is really great um, on an informed consent model where you, you they, she asks, you know, a, a good amount of questions about how long have you been thinking about this? What are your thoughts on it? Let me check the right boxes, but I'm not going to make you jump through a lot of hoops. I'm not going to make you pay a lot of money, That's especially so as a, nice. yeah, like a 21 year old with a, you know, uh, meet a minimum wage job. Like I'm not going to make you go and get all these letters and all these things. If you want to start, that's great. And three months of hormones, that's not going to, that's not going to change anything in your body. I could have decided three months in that this doesn't feel right. My body would have completely converted back. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, and so I remember, remember my first day went with the person I was dating then got my first shot. Um, and also, I'm lucky that I'm a person that is medic- medically inclined, so needles are not a thing that weirds me out. So yeah. she showed me once. I was like, great, give them to me. I can do that myself. Um, I, I'm, I'm the opposite. Yeah. Of what I know. love Same to do here. it. Yeah. Do you want some? Yeah. I'll inject you as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I did a funny thing where I didn't tell anyone besides the person I was dating and the person who had introduced me to it. I did a funny thing. I did. Yeah. Which I don't, maybe it's not a funny thing, but Mona I didn't know. Nope. Mona didn't okay. know my parent. Nobody around Scott me knew. Know. I didn't, I didn't call up Scott yeah. after seven years and say, Hey, here's a thing I'm doing. Well, I'm thinking about, thinking about your dad. Yeah. Nope. Also Scott. Steve. Your dad, Steve, I was like, Steve, yeah. people do that to me. People call me. Do Steve. they really? I'm like, it's Scott. Yeah, Look you're just like a white guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's a standard white guy name. It's Steve, dad Scott, name. white, yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah, didn't tell dad. We did also call, we called Scott dad a lot just to, just to mess with him. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't tell anybody until it got to the point where my body started changing. My voice started changing. Um, mostly was the first thing that happened. And I got to the point where I had to start telling people. I I almost feel like that's almost a hair thing, but an entirely different way. Like, what was it like for your voice to change? It was not noticeable to me personally. My, my, and even not really to the person I was dating at that time. It was someone else. I don't, and I don't remember who it was. Somebody at camp who hadn't seen him in a while. And I saw them and like, oh my gosh, your voice, like you're, 
your voice is deeper. Yeah. And yeah. I had this moment of, oh, shoot. It's happened. Like, I need to start yeah. telling. And so that's, that's like puberty for boys. You know, it's like, oh, your voice is changing. Like, yeah. What's like, happening? Oh. Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. Yeah. Nobody noticed. Yeah. There's no way to avoid it. Yeah. And but so also, I, I want this to be happening. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this feels right. Yeah, right. exactly. Like, this This is what Nobody I want to happen. Nobody noticed because this, can we just all just said that this is great and we're yeah. cool with this it? Super normal, right? <laughs> Y'all went through puberty. Yeah, yeah. This is completely normal. <laughs> so I had to tell Mona and mm. that was hard um, to do it, to do it retroactively to, or yeah, to, yeah. to, to, to say I've been doing this thing yeah. for a while that I didn't tell you about. Mm. And um, to, again, both my parents, super cool about it. We're, um, my dad who was also in the medical field was, I think fairly in a way that, you know, there wasn't a lot of information. So he was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is going to do to your body later. Like mm-hmm. I have worries and concerns about how this is going to affect you because there isn't a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I still think that's fair. I think there's still not a lot of medical information about long-term hormone therapy in people who that hormone is not, you know, natural in their body, which is, is an ongoing thing because it's kind of a newer thing. But other than that, my parents were super, super, um, accepting. And so that's when I started drafting that Facebook post, Mm -hmm. that way of how am I going to tell the, my community that this thing is happening, which is, Yeah is a terrifying thing to do mm. like you in in the society that we are in now it's an all or nothing like yeah. something is different you dive in everyone around you instantly knows and everybody has an instantaneous way to respond people don't have to stop and think about it mm-hmm. so they can say whatever is on their mind in that moment and that lack of Ooh. self-regulating is not always a good thing yeah Gosh. yeah people say some not great things when they're reactionary, when they're in that yeah. reactionary yeah. moment. Um, so it was like a coming out post kind absolutely. of. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if I can go back Gosh. and find it. I bet you could. Yeah. I, I mean, I could have, find it. We should just have an episode where we just mourn and talk about coming out. <laughs> I would love that. All an episode that of coming, coming out, out entails yeah. and oh. all the layers. <laughs> Gosh, we could have a whole Jeez. episode about those, those few months after and all of those responses and... The continuous coming out that comes yeah. after you never that. stop coming out. Yeah, so the minute you start, you never stop. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely true. I have been wanting an episode like yeah. that that is a little bit different than a normal no small thing episode where, like, I can I could I could picture like a montage of yeah. stories just yeah. like flooding your ears. You know, just this story, this story, this story, flooding <laughs> your. <laughs> um, yeah, I would like I I I don't know how to say this necessarily, but like. Um, that that was for what it's worth that was like another big moving of the i don't know it moved me along like mm. reading that post um and i think that's the thing that often we talk about is like the labor the emotional labor that people have to do to help us understand yeah and it's like it's a facebook post that i'm sure <coughs> you put a lot of effort into and um it was just one of those moments where I'm reading it and as somebody that like cares about you and I'm like, yeah, you know, as I'm reading, it, I, I, I didn't even have the categories yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still finding the categories or the lack of categories for that matter. 
Um, but I was like, great. This is great. Yeah. And I'm so excited to like this and send a positive <laughs> message and yes. affirm it. And there's just nothing in me in any way that wants to be like, what do you mean, Corey? And what do you mean this? And I was like, yes, like, let's all get on board right now and celebrate this. But up until yeah. leading up until that moment, it wasn't on my radar, mm-hmm. probably, that this would be an option for many of my prior students or people in the world. I'm like, this is a fringy thing. Yeah. I don't believe that. But at the time, I would have thought yeah, that. Yeah, at the time, I would have thought that. Um, and I'm not being required or summoned in any way as a youth leader to you know, um, involve myself in these types of conversations. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Like, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, is this happening to other people? And <laughs> you know, <Wait. laughs> I feel so <laughs> ignorant, but like, yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah. I, th- yeah. I was listening to some of your other, um, episodes and especially to the Christina Cleveland episode. Mm, and she, so I was listening to, to it on my drive back from work today. And she said, at one point she said, um, Every, every, I'm butchering this. I'm so sorry. We love Dr. you, Dr. Cleveland. Yeah. Does she listen? I don't think so, but we love you. Well, if she does, I'm so sorry for butchering this. Um, everything that I've learned about trans person, like trans identity has been at the cost of a trans person. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And, and mm. thinking to that post, like I didn't post that for myself. No. Yeah. That. And and people and it came at such a cost you to post absolutely yeah. and people confuse that like this is me coming out no this is me making everyone around me comfortable at a Ugh. cost to myself yeah, Woo. And yeah. every single yeah. time I, uh, I hope that for the rest of your life everyone who's listening every time somebody comes out to you in some way that's what you think about is this is a gift that you're yeah. getting at the cost oh. of it's so true. the person yeah it's so absolutely. True. And again, just in my world, like we had this wonderful interim pastor. Again, <laughs> these none of these people listen to this podcast, <laughs> but uh, Heidi, hey, you know, Pastor Heidi, yes, yeah, and and um, she was one who I think probably covertly was part of our church and 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 you know secretly open and affirming, mm-hmm. uh, but couldn't really yeah. be bold with that at our church. But like, um, so pleased to see. I don't know if she responded on yours, but when Henia came out, um just got right on there. It wasn't just a like, it was like, you're, you're creating the image of God. This, I affirm your identity. This is beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. I was like, gosh, Heidi. So great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, it's true. There's, I mean, talking about the, the relationship of our understanding of God to gender and mm-hmm. how we just have to blow the binary out of the water because mm-hmm. <laughs> God does not fit into the binary. Oh. Has never. Will <laughs> no, never. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's crazy. I mean, God's very think. nature is Trinitarian. Like, it's yeah. like God's very nature is, is non-binary. It's yeah. outside, like, it's uh, outside yeah. of it. Yeah. It's uh. so it's so right there in plain view. It's not even <laughs> like a hidden, like fringy. It, it is actually what defines Christianity. <laughs> mm-hmm. And actually, and actually, Christians haven't known what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, now you have this language, they, them, that's actually the most appropriate <laughs> term that I can think of to describe God. Yeah. And we're so in love with he, 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 he says, he Comes believes. Out of my mouth. Like, yeah. He? And n- now it's like almost, I almost want to vomit sometimes when I hear, I'm like, he? Yeah. What the heck are you guys talking about? Get this he, he out of here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, even, even our, like, old dead white men mm-hmm. were referring to 
the Trinity, this being outside of he and she. Yes. We're yeah. struggling with that. Yeah. <laughs> old dead. That. Old dead. Yeah. Old and dead. And we're struggling with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this man. This is not new. Okay. So, so you've been out for, how would you say, like four or five years now? Uh, so I posted Three? that in, I started Hormones in November 2016. Okay. So yeah. not that long. Four so years not ago. that so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was on the older yeah. end. How long have we known each other? Three years. Three years. Okay. It's not that long, right? So wow. crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess the question is, how has it sort of been on on the other side of that? Like now living into your identity and well, and transitioning, and you and got top surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious about that. Yeah, I got. I had top surgery in July <laughs> 2018. So it, it's been a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the most physically affirming um, mm-hmm. thing that's happened in my life, wow. even more than cutting my hair off. Yeah, there's... <sighs> I know. And, there, and, <laughs> and talk about hoops I had to jump through. There were way too many hoops that I had to jump through to do that, including um, my insurance company required me to to be living for a man for an entire year, living as a man for an entire year before they would cover my top surgery, which is absolutely ridiculous and is so like a subjective understanding of a year. We've decided it's a year. Well, And it's also deciding that like to have top surgery requires you to be wanting to be a man, a man. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great point. See, this is why we're having these conversations. Yeah. And on top it, of the it, moment you say it, I know it's true, but I would never. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> Scott has just been over here nodding. Yep, I'm learning the I'm entire time. Scott is our straight white man. Yeah, really straight, straight really white man nodding my whole life, and still, and I'm still learning. And yes, yeah, yeah. There is there's so little autonomy around the process of making my body the way that I want it to be because it's mm. so not affordable. Mm. Yeah, for someone yeah. to do. For themselves, mm-hmm. um, even so your insurance did cover it, though it did. Finally, um, it it did after I put a lot of money out in front, mm-hmm. um, and I I was unlucky that I had a, a fairly serious in the moment um, uh, complication with my surgery that required a second surgery within twenty four hours, which was not covered that I had to pay for out of pocket. Oh, glory. Um, and I'm very lucky that I have very supportive parents that help me cover that cost. Um, and two years later, I'm still paying that off hmm. to have the body that I'm supposed to have, which is absolutely ridiculous. Hmm. And also know how lucky I am that I even had the opportunity to have that yeah. surgery in the first place. Um, and I, I know personally for myself, that's the only surgery that I need physically to feel um, comfortable in my body. And I know that that is also not the last step for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially when we talk about um feminization surgeries. There is a lot of surgeries that can be done for feminization and um most of them, if not all of them, are considered cosmetic at this mm-hmm. point, which are not life saving or um it's just the wrong category. Yeah. They, yeah. They're not required surgeries. They right. are yeah. elective surgeries is the elective word I was surgeries. looking for. Yeah. Which means that there's no 
there's no support unless you have it yourself. You have to fight for the right to look how you want to, which is you know, shaking so our heads. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's shaking our heads. No I'm nodding. I'm, I'm <laughs> looking at the ceiling, kind of confused. And yeah. the reason I'm so thinking confused is um, um, thinking about like the Henia episode and just the, this whole conversation. Actually, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to see people's responses to this sort of thing. Because along the way, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time relating. But like, if we're just trying to like give voice to people that may be listening to this and are like confused, um, there's this very interesting line of thinking that I, it's never to me. I'm like listening to it, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" So when you bring up needles, mm-hmm. I get very uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like blood. I don't like surgeries. I was with my wife in the room when she had her C-section. I do not like it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't want to see this. I'm like, do you want to see? I'm like, no. I don't want to see my nope. wife's stomach get cut open. And, you know, it's like, no, thank you. I'm like, put a screen up, please. Like, this <laughs> is, I, I can barely just be in the room trying to be a supportive husband. <laughs> you know, and it's like somehow people have used squeamishness around these mm-hmm. topics as a reason why it's not good. Hmm. You know, some people, you'll be like, oh, this top surgeon. People be like, oh, that just makes me feel weird. Yeah. Like, well, we do point. things all day that yeah, make us feel weird. Mm-hmm. All these medical things make us feel weird. Yeah. Um, why is that the reason why you would use to justify it being not good or appropriate? Yeah. I've that's, never heard that. I know. This, this yeah. is what, this is what yeah, the white right. men are saying out to me in the world, everybody. You, know, you like, always I have get the goods. <laughs> you always come back and you're like, people are saying these things. Oh, I'm like, yeah. who is saying yeah. these things? I'm, I'm, who are these people? <laughs> who are, are these people they? you hang out The white men, everybody. The white straight men. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're saying it yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And I'm listening to it and I'm like, okay. Or, you know, I've heard all sorts of people, not just white straight men. But, I mean, they're using that as like, you no, know, I mean, I did have a woman one time in a certain context, I'm not even going to get into it. Like, it was a very strange context where I was busy, and she came up to me because she knew I was probably open to ideas about the world. <laughs> and she just okay. shoved this picture in front of my face of, like, uh, some sort of trans surgery. And, 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 I, and I'm not, it's not even about trans. It's about, like, I don't like medical things. Mm-hmm. I don't like needles or blood or, and I'm busy. And she's like, look at this. Like, do you support what, do you see how natural and terrible this is? Like, look at this. Doesn't this make you feel sick to your stomach? And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But not because it's trans. <laughs> I don't like blood. I don't like surgeries. Stop I don't putting this in my face. That doesn't yeah. mean, you know, <laughs> so a life saving <laughs> surgery. If somebody's like, look at the video of this life saving surgery. And I go, Ooh, it makes me feel sick to my stomach. They shouldn't do this. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like crazy. It's really frustrating. I don't know what I'm talking about right now necessarily. No, but like, you're, you're hitting on a really strong point of this, like fear created around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. You just have to pick up on the things that are so, um, in society are not accepted as okay. Like right. surgery, right. blood, needles, yeah. guts, <laughs> wombs, like, yeah, wombs. Good point. <laughs> if we're gonna pick don't things about those wombs, yeah, yeah, that don't look good, yeah. mm-hmm. that's what they are, and that is a great way to get a lot of people upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> it works. Yeah, and it's it's probably a really strange. Sometimes we're afforded a little bit too much freedom, spiritually speaking, when we say, "Oh, 
this squeamishness is a spiritual sign that God is telling me that this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're like, huh, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is that what's happening <laughs> here? Is that what's is happening that, here? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I or just got to pay attention to the way God's speaking to me, you know? Yeah, if God, if God wanted me to be a man, yeah. he would not require me to stick a needle in myself once a week. Right, 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 right. To fix... Fix that. Yeah. I'm making air quotes. Air quotes. There's a lot of quotes in the room right now, everybody. Air quotes in the room. I have a question. Macy is raising their hand. (laughs) What was it like going like swimming for the first time after top surgery? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Tell me. The world wants to know. Yes. (laughs) Asking the real questions. I went to Hawaii with um, a partner. It was long enough to swim, but it wasn't that long. It was probably less than a year, like eight or nine months after surgery. And I made the the rash decision to not buy a top, like a swimming top. And because I was on my triple fire, like, I'm going to feel great at the beach. Yeah. And I oh got no. there and I had a shirt on and I was like, babe, I can't, I can't take this off. There's no way. Like, everyone's going to see me. Everyone's going to be looking at me. They're going to wonder what, why I'm here. Mm. and question everything about this. Mm. And she was like, mm. oh, my God, get over yourself. Put some sunscreen on your scars. Yeah. Because that's what you need to do on you your need nipples. to take care of it. <laughs> These are $8,000 nipples. Put some sunscreen on them <laughs> and get in the water. Mm. And I did. And it, I was, the, <laughs> I was thinking about it so hard, and I was the only one in mm. the water thinking about it. Yeah. Right. And right. it yeah. felt incredible. Huh. And what a question. What a story. I would have, of course, never thought to ask this <laughs> It's like the question. I yes. got to know what it was like to go swimming. Well, and not only that, but think <laughs> back so to the four-year-old me that swam right. without a top yeah. for wow. years until somebody said, you need to put a top on. Yeah. And then it took 20 more odd years, 18 odd more years for me to be able to do it again in a way that society said, Okay. Okay, that you're fine, fine to now not put on a feminine swim top. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's a really sweet story. <laughs> you're <laughs> jazzed over there. I'm <laughs> jazzed. I'm jazzed. I just also, I feel like we can relate in this. Like, I feel like my entire life I've been, like, plagued by figuring out swim tops. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Swimming is... <laughs> the plague of my life. <laughs> the best and the worst. Yeah, it is the best and the worst. Man, the men out here don't... They have no idea. They have no idea. You just take a shirt off and get in the water. I know. From day one. From day one. Yeah. I can't really even think of a time in my life where I've been body shamed in any way. Yeah. You know? Cis white dudes. I know. You're not getting body shamed. I know. I mean, I... I, I We know this is like... (laughs) like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I know. What? This is my everyday experience. I mean, it's like... It's odd watching my daughter navigate middle school of like every day somebody somebody mentions what she's wearing and Mm -hmm. how it's inappropriate and it's been strange too like being a dad of like i let those calls go to voicemail honestly like people are (laughs) like can you have your daughter wear a different thing i'm like i don't that's not my job and i guess i can't stop you from doing what you need to do as a school but i'm definitely not going to play this role of like policing my daughter's clothes I'm not going to have that on my record. You're in a position I would never, (laughs) I would, I I would not ask for in a million years. (laughs) Being a parent of a middle schooler. Oh gosh. Oh, it's wild. We love middle schoolers, but being a parent. Yeah, I mean, it is a privilege, I guess, as a dad to play the role of being only affirming of your daughter's body and 
heart and soul and whatever. And you're lucky. You have one of the... Man, I met Avery when she was a baby. I started babysitting when she was like four yeah. months old. Yeah. And she has always been like the fiercest. She's fierce. That's, <laughs> strongest. That's a great word for her. Yeah. Big willpower, just like her mom. Yeah. She is going to like move mountains. She know, know. And she knows it. She because, already is. Yeah. yeah. Because you all haven't tried to beat that out of her. Right, right, right. right? <laughs> no. Yeah. To Metaphorically. Work, yeah. yeah. To, to put that down and make her subscribe to any piece. She's never had to do that, which is... Mm. Oh, Avery. We got to have her on. She wants to be on the podcast. I, oh, <laughs> I would be really curious. I'm her biggest fan. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. That. Man, um, do you have another question? No, I, I feel like we're wrapping up. Yeah. yeah. I guess by, like, towards the end, like, how do you, how are you feeling now? Like, where are you at currently? Like, I know I would consider myself, like, transitioning still currently. How are yeah. you feeling in that journey? Great question. Yeah, I... <laughs> I feel like in the last, I'd say probably, I'm I'm in a really interesting place in my transition where I feel like other people that I've met, I've watched happen um, in this place where I have transitioned to the point where I am read in the world as, as a man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very rarely misgendered. Um, I've got facial hair. My body shape is very similar to a man. My voice sounds like a man. Um, and in this, it's so funny in this, in this safety of being read as a man in the world, I've finally been allowed to explore my femininity in wow. that. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That makes oh, sense. Oh, what a yeah. thought. And what a thought. it is a, it's a beautiful thing. Hmm. Huh. Um, I, I worked at a coffee shop, as y'all know. El Diablo. El Diablo. Shout out. <laughs> Support your small local businesses. Um, with a coworker, I'm just going to name them, Davion, who um, came into my life and helped me reimagine what it's like mm. to embrace my femininity in the world in a way that doesn't always feel safe. Davion is another brown queer person in Seattle in Queen Anne who decided to live unapologetically queer and unapologetically embracing their femininity and it allowed me to do the same so Mm -hmm. like painting my nails wearing feminine clothing not policing myself at all times to look and sound and stand and like talk mass in a masculine way. Mm. Um, Mm. and I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm in a, yeah, I feel like I'm at a point in my transition where I'm, I'm doing a lot of exploring of, I, I know again, Dr. Cleveland (laughs) talks about how, uh, masculinity, cannot ex- is toxic mm-hmm. if femininity is not there. But mm-hmm. I would even take that another step of masculinity does not exist without femini- mm-hmm. femininity. Like, ooh, ooh. Lightness does not exist without the darkness. Yeah. And I'm trying to find in myself and to find in the world where that balances. Like, where do I allow my femininity as a nurse, as a trans masculine human being, as a person who, as a two, 
<laughs> as a giver. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who loves the world around me to embrace my femininity in a new way being read as a masculine person in the world yeah. in a way that like holds that holds the complexity of both of those and holds the importance of both of those in a way that yeah is creating a safer and better world for the people that I'm in relationship with hmm. and the people around me that yeah that feels really important to me right now gosh i love that oh that's another <laughs> twist though after all this, like, yeah, you sorry, the question. Yeah. Just Ooh, the that's bomb. so good, though. Let like, just af- that. <laughs> after feeling settled in your own skin, now you feel comfortable exploring your femininity. Let's tear it up. Well. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, you said something the other night, too, that I think might be worth mentioning, just like what Diablo meant to you um, and how it was such a safe space. What did I say? I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, it you is. said it was, I thought you made an interesting comment about how it was right across from the street of the church you grew up in. Oh my goodness. You know, and uh, it, it happened to be in a very sort of vanilla, bland neighborhood called Queen Anne mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily said all a those flaming like, uh, support of local queer folks. It's not like anti, but it's not like... You know, Diablo, for those who don't know, who listen aren't listening from Seattle, it's like, it's got every flag uh, that I can think of out on the front, or, or many flags. This is the pride and the trans flag, yeah. Yeah, and many death, flags. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. Um, it is. It seemed like it was a place where you got a little bit more comfortable in your own skin post coming out. It is, yeah. yeah. It is, uh, it's owned by a gay woman. Hilltop family. Oh, fun. There you go. No way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I know the children. I yeah. love the children. They're in my classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jill and her wife are incredible. Um, and Jill has worked really hard and been really intentional in creating a safe, hmm. welcoming space in the middle of a pretty conservative neighborhood mm-hmm. on Queen Anne. And I, I figured that out as a customer and then decided that I wanted to commit to that and became an employee. And we continue, I mean, we get queer people in Queen Anne all the time that come and say, thank you for Mm -hmm. creating a space where no one else is, people are accepting us, no one else is seeing us. There's a difference between you're accepting us to be in the same space as you and you're seeing us and you're recognizing us and you're loving us in that. Mm -hmm. And And it's queer owned and like, I feel like most of the staff is queer. Queer majority. Yeah. <laughs> Queer staffed like, <laughs> at I this l- point. <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh. We're serving coffee and serving relationships. I feel like I know and love so many people from that coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's got just a dope crew. It yeah. Does. We bring good people in. We just yeah. bring our friends in. <laughs> I mean, I'm not there anymore, but I spend all my free time there because God, they're amazing. Yeah. That's sweet. This is another just uh, silly, like, white straight man thing to say, but like, bring it. Yeah, bring it. Like, the, the I think the way inter- people interpret a space like um, Diablo, well, first of all, as a Christian, you know, the church across the street, it has this, like, Diablo, mm-hmm. Satan vibe, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. okay, right off the bat, it's like, I was, stu- again, my natural temperament. 
I don't take that stuff that seriously. So I remember mm-hmm. in the early days when I was working at the church, I was like, oh, yeah, I went to Diablo. I'm like, oh, Diablo. <laughs> you sure you want to go there? Satan? I'm like, what? <laughs> Satan. I was like, serious. Satan's it's a lurking. Shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people took the, people there. You know, I mean, most, most, yeah. mostly there was no stigma, but there was a stigma amongst some people. Like people kind of raised their eyebrows, like mm-hmm. kind of like when they would, because when I started working at Bethany, it was like with those days when you, when you still carried around your book of CDs. And people be like, you listen to Jay-Z? That has swear words in it. You're a youth pastor. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I listen to CDs, everybody. But um, but yeah, I think I think people see that and they're like, oh, they're trying to be edgy. They got the trans flag up. Oh, they're trying to be cool. Oh, like, look at these people trying to be like, rub it in our face. And rather, but like, it's almost like a Mr. Rogers vibe, right? It's like, we're trying to be loving here, everybody. Yeah. This is like, we're trying to love people. We're trying to make people feel safe. Like, this is not... What you think it is. Yeah. Can you imagine being a young kid yeah. growing up on Queen Anne around all of these upper middle class, pretty conservative, white Christian people mm-hmm. and walking by, you're going to, I don't know, Trader Joe's and you walk by a space that's got a flag that relates to you. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's just a flag in the window. Jeez. Yeah. It's life changing. <sighs> And for you to grow up here and then to be able to work in a space like that mm-hmm. and offer that. Like even to even to like think of like McClure kids walking by there someday and looking up and being like, Oh yeah. Huh. There I was last listening to a podcast called Nancy, which I would recommend to people if yeah. you're interested. Do you listen to it? Yes. I yeah. Do. yeah. Um <laughs> and one of the episodes was one of the first ones she was talking about like going in one of the hosts, I forget her name, was talking about going into this shop that our family would always go into and there was just like obviously this like dope ass butch lesbian who owned the shop (laughs) and she would go in and like look and be like oh my gosh I could be like that and like (laughs) really like having that person where she could see herself in was just so helpful and grounding for her as she grew into her identity and it was the interview is so great because it tells her grown up talking to the shop owner and being like, I was so inspired by you. And she was like, really? I could be an example. It was very emotional. (laughs) But it does make me think of like having just places where people can go and see other people and Mm -hmm. find themselves in those identities and just feel safe by the very existence of them being out and visible and it not being something to like hide, but something that you could see and participate in. Yeah. That's all you need just to see it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Gosh, gosh, you guys. This has Sh- been good. Should we say anything in closing and a wrap up thought? Anyone want to have like a final thought? We've been, we've been, we maybe we've only done it once or twice, but we're trying to say what did we, what's take something away? we, t- oh, it's a, a takeaway. Take Do we want to say a takeaway? Oh, I'm like, I need to, I definitely am already like, I would like to take away and go and do some introspection on my own particular childhood in relations to my brothers mm. and like the relationships I had and kind of characteristics that I, clung to and probably styles i don't know it's made me think a lot about one of my brothers (laughs) that's my (laughs) takeaway um i think i think my takeaway the one that comes most readily to mind that it's like a new fresh thought tonight which is what is so exciting about having these conversations is and i've already said it but in closing this idea that it it doesn't change and this is what i think that we're learning from the queer community you know, is um, you decided you're trans, you did the hormones, and then you're done. You identify as a man. And it's like, no, no, you're still learning. You're, you're, now you're getting in touch with your femininity. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like, this whole conversation and what 
this community teaches us is that we can all be in transition. We can all continue to learn about ourselves. We don't have to. And that's like maybe a false belief too. Maybe it's a false goal or a false narrative in terms of um, any sort of gender or maybe maturity or adulthood is like you've, you've reached maturity when you can put yourself in a box and define yourself nice and neatly. Maybe maybe maturity is almost opposite sometimes. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm holding myself lightly. I'm being curious about myself. I'm giving myself space, which allows me to give you space. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, a new, that was a new thought for me tonight. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any takeaways from your own story? <laughs> oh, man. I will say uh, one of my favorite things about you, Scott, um, I, I don't allow, I think, cis white men with small understandings. And <laughs> so there's Scott, and then there's this thing I'm saying. Small, <laughs> small-minded cis white men, mm-hmm. a lot of um, space mm-hmm. and a lot of, um, yeah, patience to understand the world. That's fair. But I, I've known Scott for so long. Like You probably are actually offering them lots of patience. Well, I, I'm trying to, <laughs> but it comes so naturally to me for somebody like Scott. Mm. Um, and mm. just to, to, to like appreciate my love and like understanding and, and just like breadth for your, mm. your learning in my life and how to extend that to just like the random white dude on the street <laughs> who is saying annoying things. Oh, That's boy. a helpful reminder in my Jeez. life. Jeez. These, yeah. these, these people out here. These people out here. These people out here. <laughs> you guys, this has been really great. So fun. Wow. It's a privilege this to hear was your healing. story. This was healing to my soul. Good. Yeah. I'm so good. I could tell. I could tell, you, <laughs> I could tell you've been here for the whole thing in a, in a, <laughs> and impacted in a yeah. way. You know? I'm talking to Macy, everybody. <laughs> yeah. This is this yeah. is really good. And honestly, like Corey and I, everybody have not necessarily stayed super in touch. We stay in yeah. touch through social media. I was telling somebody today, I think I this is the first time I've seen you in person in like six years. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. No joke. I mean, well, other than like you coming to the coffee, the coffee shop. shop. Yeah, yeah, but we're not like hanging out. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's you yeah. gotta hang out. Yeah. It's hard no. out here. Yeah. No. It's hard out here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's hard out here. <laughs> Well, it should, I mean, it should be fairly easy since we live here in the same city and stuff like that. Yeah. Blocks away. Um, but man, I mean, it's such a privilege to hear your story like this. I mean, you've been so sweet to share it with us. And yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you beautiful. for having it's me. It's a really beautiful, like, I just, I said that to Macy today. We were talking about some things. And it's like, you can, you can, you can just tell when something is clicking into place and it makes sense and it feels right. You know, and that's like listening to the story tonight. It's like, yeah, it all makes sense. And it, and you feel so at peace with yourself. Yeah. You know? I do. And there was so much, obviously, even thinking back to Portugal and all these little stories where it's like, you're fun and uh, charismatic and a leader and curious and there's so much, like, to love about you as a person, but, like, there's also some obvious discomfort. And where is it? And, mm-hmm. wh- and how do we name it? And I didn't have any tools to name it at the time. Yeah. But what was it? Yeah. Hmm. But that's not here in the room now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you like. Hope you like this. We'll hit you next week with hair. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, that's I'm just not kidding. Wait, is next week ninety four or ninety five? I talk about losing hair and getting gray. I know hair. we should do hair because that would be so fun. <laughs> I would color my hair I think you many should. things. <laughs> I think she's 
Color Scott's hair. Jeez, <laughs> oh, the Pandora's box we'd be unleashing. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I know hair is a huge one for oh me. My gosh. I'm having huge thoughts again about my brother in hair right now. Corey, you unlocked a whole wait. channel of my brain. A tunnel. A tunnel of thoughts. I would probably I be wait. open to doing like the, the, hair? the, the bleached look again. <gasps> I'm not going to be like pink or anything quite yet. <laughs> game on. That's a game on. Okay, you guys. We'll be here next week and we'll send okay. pictures. Okay. See you next week. <laughs>